The Torah as a jewel. One of the qualities of Torah is its beauty and the inner beauty of a life led according to Torah. The sages say 70 faces to the Torah, meaning that there are many different ways of receiving its wisdom. How do we know which is for us? Sometimes we hear a teaching and we feel, wow, that is so beautiful. And it fills us with joy. This is not a superficial feeling or something we should ignore, but a real appreciation of the beauty of the Torah. The Holy Zohar teaches that the Torah, the Holy Blessed One and the Soul are all of the same essence. Oraita Kuchaburiku Risrael Chadbahon. And thus the Torah has inherent beauty. Indeed, the sages in the Mishnah, the ethics of the fathers, relate the Torah as a very precious jewel. Great is Torah, for it gives life to those who practice it in this world and in the world to come. As the scripture states, for the words of the Torah are life to he who finds them and a healing to all his flesh. It should be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. She is a tree of life for those who hold fast to her and those who uphold her are happy. And the scripture says, for they are a garland of grace for your head and necklaces about your neck. And it says, she shall give to your head a garland of grace, a crown of glory she shall grant you. She has length of days in her right hand, in her left wealth and honour. And the Torah says, for long days, years of life and peace, they shall add to you. Furthermore, Rabbi Yossi, the son of Kisma, said, Once I was travelling and I encountered a man. He greeted me and I returned his greetings. He said to me, Rabbi, where are you from? I said to him, I'm from a great city of sages and scholars. He said to me, Rabbi, would you like to dwell with us in our place? I'll give you a million diners of gold, precious stones and pearls. I said to him, my son, if you were to give me all the silver, gold, precious stones and pearls in the world, I would not dwell anywhere but in a place of Torah. Furthermore, when a person passes from this world, neither silver nor gold nor precious stones nor pearls accompany him, only Torah and good deeds. As it is stated, when you go, it will direct you. When you lie down, it will watch over you. And when you awaken, it shall be your speech. When you go, it will direct you in this world. When you lie down, it will watch over you in the grave. And when you awaken, it shall be your speech in the world to come. Indeed, so is written in the book of Psalms by David, the king of Israel. I prefer the Torah of your mouth over thousands in gold and silver. Likewise, the scripture says, Mine is the silver and mine is the gold, so says the Lord of hosts. From a different perspective, the practice of the Torah is also considered by the sages as a beautiful decoration or jewellery. A decoration or jewellery is an extra beautification. It is not an essential part of anyone, 
This idea that God is complete and all that we do in the realm of tikkun of creation, the rectification of the creation is for our benefit and doesn't add anything to God's essence, is expressed in different ways in the Zohar and in the writings of the Ari. The Zohar states in the Haktamata Zohar, when discussing the first commandment of having awe of God, Yerat Shemayim, that the person should have awe of God because he is great in love and the governor of all. Rabbi Ashlag wrote in his commentary on this piece of Zohar, He is great in love because he is the root from which emanate all the worlds. And his great love is over his creation, over all the worlds that he created, the higher ones and the lower ones. There is nothing that can add to his essence. May he be blessed. This statement teaches us that God does not lack anything. He's perfect and whole. The commandments that we are given, therefore, are not given to us in order to complete God, God forbid, but for ourselves to come closer to God. The mitzvot are a gift to us so that we can come to Tvekut, to unity with the divine. Like the jewellery on the bride, the Torah and mitzvot add a beautification to the creation that is in itself complete. This idea is more clearly explained in the writings of the Holy Ari, the great Kabbalist, Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, who teaches in the Eitz Chaim that the light of the Ein Sof and the vessel of the Ein Sof, known as the Malchut, are in simple unity, in the inner meaning of he and his name are one. Rabbi Ashlak explains that the thought of creation, which is the light of the Ein Sof, which is to give pleasure to the created beings, instantly gives rise to the vessel of the Ein Sof, from which we all come. But that was all instantly finished and completed, God having no need of process as we do. And thus we have two parallel realities. One, the fact that everything is all finished and complete already, and two, the unfolding of the worlds. This is what the Ari states in the Eitz Chaim. Know that before the worlds were created, there was the one simple light filling all reality. And Rabbi Ashlag, in his commentary, The Orpani Me, comments on this as follows. Filling all reality. Seemingly, this is a very strange statement. Are we not talking of before the worlds were created? If so, what reality is the Ari referring to that the highest light needs to fill? All the worlds and all the souls that there are and that will be created in the future, with all that happens to them until the complete Tikkun, are already included in all their glory and complete fulfilment in the Ein Sof, in such a way that we may discern two general principles in the reality which is before us. The first principle is the modality wherein the worlds and the souls are permanent, existing in the Ein Sof, whole and in all their glory. The second principle is the modality in which the worlds and the souls are arrayed, evolve and are renewed in the five worlds after the first Tzimtzum. These five worlds are called Adam Kadmon, 
אצילות, בריאה, יצירה ועשייה. תלמוד עשר ספירות, פייג' 1. This second principle, which is the modality in which the worlds and the souls evolve, is expressed in the words of the Ari as follows. Yet it arose in his simple will to create the worlds and to bring forth the created beings to bring to light the perfection of his works, his names and his attributes, which was the reason for the creation of the worlds. Robert Ashlag in the Orkney Me. And this is what the Rav says. That when it arose in his simple will to create the worlds, the word arose means that the vessel ascended in purity and vacut, and that it lessened its will to receive that was inherent in it, in order to equate its form with that of the highest light. In other words, to become a giver, just like the light is giving. And this was even though the will to receive that is in the Ain Sof, which is called the Malchut of the Ain Sof, had no lack in its Dvekut, in its unity with the highest light. Nevertheless, it decorated itself to equate its form with that of the highest light. So we see the words of the Ari correspond with the words of the Zohar that we looked at above. The unfolding of the worlds is a parallel reality which adds a beauty to the creation. The beautification of the creation through our good deeds and through the Torah was so important that for this the world was created. The extra element that the Malchut of the Ein Sof added in its ascent of further purity was its transformation of the vessel from being a simple receiver to one that is able to receive only for the sake of giving pleasure to the giver, combining both the aspects of receiving with that of giving. As human beings, Our basic nature is created as that of being a receiver. This basic nature comes from the Malchut of the Ein Sof and is represented within us as our physical and mental and emotional body, which we also call the ego. But this is not our full potential. This is only the baseline form from which we start out. We have another component within ourselves called the soul. The soul is... is a very pure vessel for the light of God, which uses primarily the light of giving and only subsequently the light of receiving God's light when it is according to his will. And thus, within the human being, we have the correct requirements, which will give us all we need to complete the desire of the Malchut of the Ein Sof and beautify the creation and receive the light of God only for the sake of giving. Our development as a human being starts from the aspect of receiving. For the first 13 years of age, or 12 for a girl, a person does not truly have the incarnation of the soul which will enable him or her to give unconditionally. It's only at this age that the soul begins to really incarnate into the body. And this is the reason 
that it is at this age that the person starts to put into practice his Torah and mitzvot. The extent to which the soul incarnates is dependent on the extent to which the person consciously acts on the idea of giving unconditionally. However, when he or she tries to give unconditionally, he finds that his ego raises every possible objection because it's against our ingrained nature. A person cannot just decide to give unconditionally. He's ruled by his ego, which is firmly in place. What is the remedy? The sages have taught, I created the evil inclination. I created the Torah as its healing spice. Yes, God created us with the ego called the evil inclination or the will to receive oneself alone. But he also created the Torah to heal us and bring us back to our original purpose for which we were created, to transform the vessel of pure receiving to one of receiving for the sake of giving and add an extra dimension to the creation. The Torah has a special light within it which leads a person back to the good way. As it says in the Midrash on Echa, Hama'or Sheba the light which is in it will bring us back to the good way. Through the light of the Torah, a person becomes a vessel for the light of God himself, enlightening and beautifying the world. Rabbi Meir says, whoever occupies himself with Torah for its own sake will merit many things. Not only that, but the whole world becomes worthwhile to him. He is called friend, beloved, lover of the one, a lover of all people, one who gives joy to God, one who gives joy to people. He is clothed in humility and in the fear of being separated from the Creator. He is fitted to be a tzaddik, a pious one, upright and faithful, keeping his fellow far from sin and bringing his fellow closer to the one. Others rejoice in his counsel and in his wisdom, in his understanding and his fortitude. As tis said, I have counsel and wisdom, I am understanding, I have fortitude. Sovereignty is given to him, governance and resource in judgment. Secrets of the Torah are revealed to him, and he becomes like an overflowing spring, like a river that does not cease. He is modest and long-suffering, forgiving those who insult him, and he is great and exalted over all God's created beings. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Hudalev Ashlag. www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com